I'm Dan Clark, and this is I Am Teacher. everybody to the podcast episode 10 coming at you here from St. Peter High School in St. Peter, Minnesota. I hear a lot about other ways of monetizing a podcast. Um, Some of the people that I listen to like to really make it known that they have no advertisements and they are somehow better for that. I hope I can get to that point someday, but today uh, is not that day. Um, I'm just trying to figure this whole game out. I don't know if I should sell products. Not too sure how many people are into an I Am Teacher coffee mug or uh, sweatband. (laughs) Whatever happened to sweatbands? They were were cool when I was younger. No, not so much. Um, maybe there's a better donation system out there that exists. I'm looking for it. I don't know what it is yet. But until I figure those things out, uh, we are sponsored by... My latest conversation was with Amanda Pagachnik, who is a second-year teacher here at St. Peter High School. She is the family and consumer science teacher here. Um, previously, before she was in the teaching field, she was a restaurateur. I think that's the term in Chicago. She told me she was part owner uh, of a restaurant in Chicago. And she traded that life in for teaching kids how to cook and develop human beings. Uh, it was a fun conversation. I really enjoyed our conversation that we had. It's a long one. It's a good one. We touch on topics like teenage development, uh, the importance of cooking, and tiny house living, because she lives in a tiny house. So that's coming up. If you'd like to reach out or donate, you can do so at my website, which is fairly lengthy. It's danielevanclark.wixsite.com forward slash teacher. You can email me questions. I would love to answer them on this podcast. Uh, You can also send me artwork, possible logos, words of encouragement, words of dissatisfaction. I am all ears. You can send those things to danielevanclark at gmail.com. If you want to go over to iTunes or your podcast app, or not sure if it works on Spotify, but rate and review and subscribe to this thing. I always enjoy reading people's reviews, good or bad. Uh, It just gives me something to digest and use as feedback, and I would like as much feedback as I possibly can get. Thanks for listening again. Enjoy episode number 10 with Amanda Pagachnik here on I Am Teacher. You really know 
what they deserve. Oh my gosh, you know? I know. Like after knowing them for half the year, mm-hmm. talking to them and like they ask, they ask for help or you just, without even having to grade any of their work or just like looking at some of it and I don't know, reviewing them as a human, <laughs> you're usually pretty, Are you pretty able to human? like grade them. Of course, I'll change, like, if they're on the line, I'll bump them up. Yeah, or, yeah, you know? I know. My mentor teacher would always go back in and, like, round up because Infinite Campus doesn't or something. I don't know. Yeah, definitely not. Something like that. Because I, I've had, I remember I had professors in college that, like, my freshman year, I was like, oh, I want to get a 4.0, this would be great. I pulled up my first political science class, I got literally 89.9%. I was like, I'll just email the guy and say, like, hey, could you, you know, just round, right. like, mathematics and stuff? He's like, nope, that's the grade you deserved. And this, at this, like, I was like, well, that's cool, cool, cool guy. And uh, they didn't have the plus minus system yet. Oh, sure. So, like, that meant if you got an 89.9, that was the same GPA that the person that got... 80.1 got. And I was like, and that's that not make sense. accurate. <laughs> so that really was not cool. But I got over it. Yeah. Did and you get a 4.0? No, obviously no. He sank it. He wouldn't do it. Wouldn't got do rid it. of my Any of your other hopes and dreams for the rest of the mic. Like, after that one, you can't get to 4.0. Yeah, it's impossible. I made, like, the, the dean's list or whatever. But yeah. I, I don't really care anymore about it. I care at the time, but then... Well, and then you kind the of forget, weekend happened. Like, I was, I was a valedictorian in high school, and I like right. completely spaced that 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 happened. Until Number one, we, yeah, but tied because we didn't mm. have way, we didn't have any way to divide it. So it was like it was funny because it was me and my best friend, <laughs> and then one of our other friends, and so there were three of us. Yeah, I just I just found out my wife was telling me that you grew up. Yes, like right near me. That's so weird. Like fifteen miles away. We could have. Um, my parents could have sent us to Rokori, but they chose... That was my high school. Avon. Yeah. Did you hear about the Rokori? Was it the principal or the superintendent? Superintendent. Yeah, he right? Was, he was my superintendent. <gasps> yeah. Was he? Oh. That's a little awkward, huh? <laughs> He's going into gas stations I and like... Oh, Like... Check this out. <laughs> ah! Who run away. You, how do you and not... How do you drive back and be like, all right, here's the school board agenda. It's like, What? And you didn't think anyone would catch on? I don't know what the... I don't know what... (laughs) It must be some sort of Mm. mental thing. I guess. That's like... That's like... Flashers are a real thing. And like they... People... Who knew? That's their thing. I don't... Man. Yeah. I don't know if they're... They develop that or some like trauma causes that. Or like... Yeah, well, he's not going to be a superintendent anywhere no, I don't anymore. Think so. Yeah, probably not. No, sex offender. Yeah. Um, he just qualifies you, you for a few things. When, when did you graduate? High school. High school 2006. Oh, okay. So, oh, I'm older than you. Oh, okay. Did you um, think I. Okay. When did you graduate? No, I high just school? always think it's interesting because, like, <clears throat> everyone else has started their life before me, so. Like, I'm not married yet. I don't have any kids yet. So anyone who's married and has kids, I'm always like, oh, they must be older than I am. No, that's, like, that's interesting. Just two years. Because, like, I'll, I'll listen to people on the internet now, like, on other podcasts, and they are, some of them are, like, 26. Yeah. 
And I don't have a problem looking up to them. Yeah, no. You know, like, I listen to them, and I think their point of view is really unique, and I think they have a lot to offer. But I don't think that's everybody. Like, I think a lot of other people look at younger people, and they'll say just, like, just kind of brush you off and be like, what do you know? (laughs) You haven't been around enough. But, I mean, part of that might be true, but... There's also part of it where you probably shouldn't shut somebody out just because right. they're a certain age. Yeah, and you don't know what they've done. Right. Either. You don't know, like, what their background is or <laughs> what their experience is. or they pro- There's probably something that, I think there's something everybody has to offer to a situation that yes. probably should be taken into account. I don't think people always know that about themselves. Or they don't know what it is that they could probably speak to. Right. I think that happens a lot with our students. And I think, yeah, I think as a teacher, you should probably have the mindset of, you know, I, at least as a history teacher, these kids might actually know something more or about something more than I know. Right. Like, they might be experts in, like, actual historical period that I have not a lot of experience in. Yeah, and they'll just... Drop in and be like, oh, did you know this and that? And blah, 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 blah. and other teachers might think that as like, or see that as like a challenge. Or right. Like, oh, how dare they? <laughs> but I don't know. I don't, in this age of the internet, it's not even. You can be an expert on anything. Yeah. And it's impossible to, to live up to what their idea of uh, what, like what a teacher is in their mind. Yeah. Because they always think, well, you're the teacher. You know everything. <laughs> That's an actual... I know. That's what. That's a thought that they'll have. And I don't. I tell them all the time. Yeah. That's good. That's a good thing to tell them, right? The stuff, the amount of stuff you don't know is far greater than the stuff you do know. Oh, my goodness. Just think like... Beyond. You know just like a tiny sliver of information compared to all the information that has ever Possible. existed. Well, and even on a topic that you know a lot about, there's yeah. still so much you don't know. Yeah. And even... <laughs> Like, I just heard this yesterday. There, there's an Academy Award documentary that's up, and it, it's based on the idea of, like, so, like, 80 years ago is stuff that is fairly recent in historical terms, and people probably should know about stuff that happened then. But sure. 80 years ago, there was a, a Nazi rally in the United States at Madison Square Garden. And I was like, I didn't have any clue about this, but, that, but there's apparently it's subject sure. of an Oscar documentary that covers this whole issue because it just got forgotten over that 80 year time period and it's just such an interesting event that you think would you think you wouldn't forget like a bunch of nazis in madison square garden like having a rally but they people did and like yeah i'd like to see the documentary right like a snippet which is always like did they rent my question is like did they rent it out or I think they got, like, a permit. And sure. They, you know, they had to pay a fee, probably. Yeah, yeah. And they said there was, like, there were protests, so other people knew about it. Okay. But it's just something that gets lost in the noise. Yeah. And there's plenty of stuff in the noise that's interesting that we just don't remember or know about. And Well, and things that set other things in motion, too, that maybe seem insignificant. Right. Until, you know? you're, until you're, like, far enough removed, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. snap, those two are connected. Yeah. 
Should have killed that person. <laughs> Are you guys watching the Umbrella Academy? No, I just saw okay. somebody tweet about that, though, that it was totally worth watching. Totally worth watching. And it's a kind of all, I mean, they don't get into it as much. Maybe they will this next season, but. So you've already binge, binge watched all of it? <sighs> yeah. What is it? It was like my goal yesterday that we finish it. All There's right. only 10 episodes. Um, so it's kind of superhero-y. And already that usually, like, those shows, I don't, I don't I just don't get into them mm-hmm. often because I don't think they're usually well done. This one, well done. Okay. I like Ellen Page, and I think she chooses, from what I see her in, she chooses things that are good, Yeah. and I she's in this. I can't think of a bad thing she's been in. Exactly. So when I realized that, I was like, okay, mm, she's a smart young lady. <laughs> um, so it's like this family of seven kids that this super wealthy guy like adopts from all these women and mm. um all of these kids were born on the same day two women who were not pregnant until the morning of that day so, yeah so obviously they're special and right. so they each have their own special powers and he raised them to be like this not really crime fighting group but with this like at some point in your lives you're gonna all have to come together and solve a world problem kind of situation, except for he doesn't tell them that really, and he's kind of a jerk. Um, so then you find out, like, they all have their own personalities, and uh, one kid gets sent back in time. Ooh, time travel. Yep, there's oh, time great. travel. Good times. And then he ends up, like, I'm not, I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but he ends up finding the world after an apocalypse. And so he becomes a part of an outfit that is out there trying to, like, kill off people the special people to, no but oh. just like to keep the timeline in certain ways okay yeah so then that he gets sounds, to come back and right this sounds the really characters good. are good and it's a superhero so you don't like superhero shows I, I mean, but it got you interested in a superhero show well i like actually, i don't know if i said that right like i like x-men okay but i do not care about infinity wars like that's just too much okay. i like these like i like Apparently, I like compartmentalizing these people. Like, I would watch Spider-Man. Right, because that's just like its own little... It's its own thing. It's in its own bubble. But now, there's so many the of them. The bubble's too big. The bubble's okay. too big. Yeah. Like, my fiancé and I are like, well, we don't know what's going on now. We tried to watch Ant-Man 2, and we couldn't. Really? You couldn't? Like, Ant-Man 2 is connected Isn't that to weird? Infinity War They were, stuff? like, making comments, and we we're like, what are they talking about? I feel like it's something I've, you have to, like, keep up on. Again... Yeah, since we had a child, like, man. Oh, I bet. They're just stacking up. Everyone's like, you should watch this. It's like, okay. When would I do Put that, that in my queue <laughs> along with everything else. So in 10 years, you can probably start catching up. And then up. I could watch it with him, probably. <laughs> so it's, I'm looking forward to that. Are you excited to share stuff with him that you had as a kid? Yeah, mostly music mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and also movies and comedy. Like, th- yeah, things that I liked. Right. And I I don't know if it's brainwashing to do that, but um, he I've already started him on soul music and Motown. Yeah, smart. Um, so there, there's a cartoon show called Motown Magic on oh. Netflix. Oh. So I was like, all right, perfect vehicle right there. We have a record player. He has He has his own records now already. Um, Does he have like oh he bought, oh like records records yeah, not like even vinyl just like records so he's got he we bought we went to the Toontown here of course and over in Mankato and they he bought like or I bought him a a Disney classics thing and it was like yeah. Farmer in the Dell which is like yes. go to jam right now it's and pretty, Sesame Street it's, it's like a awesome. like one of those seventies 
Sesame Street albums. So he's into that. I loved those. Yeah. I mean, they have a couple of crates full down there, so we'll make other trips. And now he recognizes the record store. He's like, can we go to the record store? Because he... Yes, we can. Let's go. (laughs) How old is he? Three. He just turned three this week. So... Yeah, and then he he asks for Marvin Gaye. He asks for like Sam Cooke. Heck yeah, so you're doing your job. Pretty cool. <laughs> and we 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 started watching a documentary. I started watching a documentary on the couch last night. It's called The Two Killings of Sam Cooke, mm. and it's about like his murder, which apparently there's a conspiracy around. Oh, like think maybe the FBI okay. could have been involved, and then also they they were saying like his death was also a political killing like they killed his like they basically scrubbed his biography or his story of his political leanings oh because he was involved with like malcolm x okay. and muhammad ali sure um i didn't even know that um until i saw this documentary and mateo's sitting there and the first scene is like showing him dead on the floor <laughs> and i'm like oh no where's the remote mateo's like what happened to Sam Cook? Oh, no. What happened to Sam no. Cook? I was like, oh, he's just sleeping. Just sleeping. And then it, it cuts to him singing, like, oh look, it's Sam Cook. He's like, he's all better. I was like, yep, and we're gonna pause. And we're gonna we're gonna listen to him now. Here, how about that? I was like, oh my god. So yeah. That's not screaming, just like, what's wrong with Sam? What happened to what him? What happened to my buddy yeah. Sam? <laughs> so we're not explaining death yet. That's where we're at. But no. Things like that, I'm really enjoying. Yeah. I'm liking that he likes it. Like, he'll, yeah, he doesn't not like it yet, so. Um. Well, and you got him started young enough. Like, how 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 could he possibly turn away now? Right. He doesn't know any better. You got him. So. Like, there's nothing else out there, actually, so. Yeah. I, I'm the keeper of the keys. I just lock away certain oh, things gosh. and open up other doors. We were just, we were walking through Target, and I was like, I can't believe the amount of toys here. Like, it was like walking into the 1990s. Mm. Even, the like, all the packaging, everything. And I remember my mom saying, like, well, you know, this we had this stuff when I was a kid. All that crap. But I didn't believe her. And then now it's, like, in your face mm. between wow. the clothes and the games and the video games and... All that stuff. Well, we we go to Target frequently. I'm sure. And Mateo knows it. And I was just I just heard today about how like a large percentage of kids can can recognize brands, but they can't even recognize their own last name. That might be Mateo. Like I don't know if he yeah. can. I don't know if he knows his last name. He knows his first name. Yeah. But I don't know if he can. Like he knows McDonald's and Target when he sure. sees those things. Yep. Like I don't know if he could do that with his last, last name. name. Like, I think he falls in that category, which is huh. sad. And now I'm like, I want to go quiz him on his last name. And, and what's your address? Memorize me. <laughs> yeah, he, he will never live in the world of memorizing your friend's phone number, right? Nobody does that anymore. Oh, I don't correct? know anybody's number. Yeah, right. You forget too. Yeah, I don't you know. Can, yeah, but you could tell me your best friend's number from back in the day. Yep. Those I know, yeah. and like their parents, their house number. But those those numbers don't even exist anymore because they <laughs> maybe don't have a landline. Have eliminated their landline. Who has a landline nowadays besides like a school? I know, all of like all my relatives still have that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, just in case nine one one needs to find you. Sure. 
Yeah. Come through with your internet or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, at this point, it's probably just whatever, sure. Yeah, I think we'll so. We'll give you a free telephone. <laughs> wow. Really? Here's what a perk. perk. You can have up to two lines <laughs> for free. Yeah. One of my friends, she posted something on Facebook. Her kid came home all excited because she got her friend's phone number, and she was wanting to call. And so they had a landline, and she was, like, teaching her how to use it. That is the cutest thing. No wow. cell phone needed. Yeah, I saw a video of, like, two kids trying to operate a, what do you call that, a rotary phone. Yeah. We had one in our basement, but they didn't. They had no idea. They couldn't figure it out. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And just think, like, what we have now will only grow exponentially. Yes. Think about our what we saw from, you know, the landline to the smartphone. There was some, like, there was a lot of change in between there. Like, it was, you know, cord... Mm-hmm. Rotary to keypad to from cord to cordless mm-hmm. to like size was big with the long antenna <laughs> and then and then it like shrunk shrank. down and then you had Nokia cell phones yeah. then you had flip phones and then you got smartphones and Slider think about yeah think about what that will be from smartphone to the next step like it'll only be like a, it's like a snowball effect you know like it's just going to be a yeah. larger change and I tell I usually tell students like I am so thankful. That I did not have did not have a smartphone when I was in high school, because at that time it was, uh, you know, I had a cell phone I think when I turned sixteen and started driving, but even on that, that was when just texting was coming out. It's not like you could do anything else besides play Snake, mm-hmm. and you could text. And that, not that I got into that much trouble, but like that let me talk to that boy I wasn't supposed to be talking to. Right. Right. Whereas, like, couldn't send pictures. You couldn't constantly be in contact. And also now it's, like, with the entire world. Yeah. Every person. Anyone. Literally anyone. I mean, just the amount of, not even trouble they can get in, but the fact that they can't get away from, so like, social life. They have no way of getting out of it. And being... At that age when all that matters is your peers, Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to be a part of it, if you're not a part of it, then you're automatically kind of shut out. Yeah. You're like, you're kind of Yeah. 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 I always had a fear of missing out when I was in like high school. I would would not want to leave like a gathering of friends because I'd be like, well, I'm going to miss all the excitement that might happen. In the next... 20 minutes. But then you come to you find you eventually come to realization that it's not going to happen and if it does it doesn't matter. You know? But I don't know how you can is that something you can teach a kid or is it just part of psychological development that you feel like you need to Yeah. Be yeah, I think it's it, it's primarily psychological development. So the best we can do is let them know that they are like that that's what they are and then they can realize it whether or not they can change their behavior at least they have a reason behind their behavior no that's that's a good point like if you yeah because if you know something is part of the process Mm -hmm. you can better like oh that's what's happening Mm -hmm. when you tell someone that your brain is not completely developed and you're going like if you're around your friends your need or you're going to you're going to have the feeling to want to do something outrageous. 
Yeah. Like that's your that's what's going to happen. So when that happens, you should now you tell know. yourself, maybe don't. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um and there's so many, I don't know. I just wish that we were more actively teaching them about their own development. I get to a little bit mm-hmm. in child development class, but even then we don't spend it's not like we spend the whole semester on it, but it just helps to know. Yeah, there are so many things. So I talked I talked to you, I talked to like Gina. There are a lot of topics that are just there they seem to be just elective topics. Yes. But they are way more important <laughs> than just an elective. You know? The development of a person, you should know your stages that you're going to go through. You would think. Right? Like, yeah. I, I just we set up this We've just gone so far down this, you know, system that we've had for such a long time that we don't ever recalibrate. And especially in the age of social media, like, we need to know what those things are doing to us. Or, you know, why teenagers think that everything is the the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Or one example is, like, let's say, like, a teenager gets, like, a a breakout of of acne or something like that. They think that that's what everybody sees. sees. But... Nobody, everyone's so self-absorbed with themselves yeah, that, that nobody no actually sees see that. it. That's a, I didn't realize, I don't think I learned that until recently. I was like, oh yeah. my God, that changed the way I approach a lot of things. Yeah. Nobody's looking at you no. because they're, they're too busy up in their own brain. Like I cut my own hair like last week and the midway through I was like, oh no, this looks terrible. But then part of me was like, nobody's even going to care. <laughs> Even if they like, notice, they won't even care. They're like, "Hey, yeah, let's keep going <laughs> let's with this. Just, let's roll with it." So, just know, like we said before, like just knowing that it can really help. And I think yeah. that's the stuff that I wish kids had to know. Yeah, I'm obviously I'm a history teacher, and the history is important. Yes, but I mean, I don't know. There's probably some topics that they could shave down to make them require to take some development classes, yeah. or even, like, your culinary arts classes. Right. Cooking is so important. And like right? Knowing how to buy your own food and what to do with it and not throw it away and all those things. It's just so interesting. And what, I don't know, I think what's super cool about here is we have people like Paulette Topo who's, like, ready to just break the whole system down. And, you know, if, if they were to let us, and then we could have a day where I'm teaching child development and history is talking about development of kids in the 1800s and how it has changed mm-hmm. um, and, and how we've reacted. And it's then I think that those other topics can merge into some of these things that everybody really needs to know, but then it can have a greater impact too. Like I might have remembered some of history class if it was incorporated with something like a foods class or a child development class or something like that. Right. Like I was, I was trying to think how I could, how, like in talking to you, I was thinking, how would history ever cross paths with cooking food? Like, would you cook old meals, like traditional meals of certain, of you know, yeah. if it's world history, maybe it's certain cultures yeah. or U.S. history, maybe it's what, like in the Great Depression, what are you going to cook, you know? Like, exactly. And even analyzing, it's like one of the funniest things is to look through cookbooks from like the 50s because it pretty much all relies on Campbell's 
soup things oh, and really? things that are canned because that's what they had. Yeah. And it would be like, I have this one is from, I don't know, like my grandma's crock pot. It comes with a cookbook. And it, it's like a can of Vienna sausages, a can of tomato, condensed tomato soup, and a can of green beans. And then for some reason, you have to put that in the crock pot and let it cook on low. Because <laughs> they already it's, cooked in the Yeah, can? everything in there is, yep, yep. But just to marry those flavors, <laughs> and then at the end, you get to top it with crushed saltine crackers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you got your textures, you got your vegetables in there, you got your protein, and then you have enough salt to last you for like your entire life. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, like that's just all that they had. So, yeah, you can merge things in that way. Um, like we do for culinary arts, we do a global foods unit. Right, that's right. Yeah. So they, they have to do some research. It's maybe a little bit more geography based Mm -hmm. we don't get into the history but i really like them i don't know that they often do but i really like them to see well why does why is italian food made with tomatoes mostly like why oh because they grow them there (laughs) because that is a climate where that food is readily available well why are we making things with chilies in latin america well those things grow there so they use them but then also to see that every single culture has like the same staple foods, they just look a little different. Like, what's the so what is the staple food? Well, like everyone has some kind of bread, you know. Right. So, Latin America, where you're talking tortillas. different kinds of tortillas, yeah. Um, here, you know, sliced white bread, boring, but um, we have uh, like oh, injera in like African countries, it's like a tortilla, but it's usually a little bit sweeter, or like non non bread, yeah. I watched something on Turkey yesterday with focaccia. It yep. was like they're big. Everyone was every like that. everyone has this in every cult. My favorite thing: every culture has like a dumpling. So we have empanadas, we have pierogies, we mm. have like so hot a, stickers. A dumpling is just something we that's have what cooked stuffed in. Is it Some fried sort of or dough just... that would be filled? filled um, do- sometimes okay, filled dough. Yeah, okay. a filled dough. Yep. Interesting. I know, and it just doesn't even cross your mind. But people are the same. You can see it through food. Just different interpretations using what they have around them. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, yeah, those are good lessons. So, the, like, the classes that are merged, are they, would they be cooking, his, history of cooking? Mm-hmm. Or would it be, like, just, oh, we're going to go to the, la- the, the culinary lab and cook something today? I think it could be a mix. You'd have to get all, like, the basics of some of the cooking stuff. And the way I have it set up now is it's like we chunk it out. So we finish all safety and sanitation stuff. Everyone would have to do that. Yeah. And next we talk about how to measure things accurately and figure out equivalents. And then we'll do knife skills. So once you get that done, you can do anything. Um, But then we chunk out all the cooking terms. So each unit, they focus on three or four. So by the end, they've learned how to do... 25 different skills and then you could apply that to and is it is that possible like would that be possible to do with every student in a public school or is that like would that have to be like a specialized school that is like right a small group Uh, that you can have more control over and say on who is in that group i think it would be hard here just because there's only one me right and so short of um increasing our faculty and then also increasing our workspace because there's also only one kitchen. And you need, if you're going to cook, you need the whole 
time period. You need a block, yeah. really. Um, you can split things, but it's not nearly as fun. And, like, that importance of flow and letting kids get actually into an activity and have enough time to finish it. Um, yeah, if you cut it any shorter, the types of things you can make are limited. Yeah, but just, like, think of what, like a good cooking experience. It's not... You know, if there's a time limit to it, it really makes it stressful. It does. Like when I'm when I'm cooking and really in the in the cooking zone yeah. and enjoying myself, like there's a lot going. There's music playing. Right. There's like little side activities <laughs> happening, and like it's taking. It takes a while. It takes a while. And I just, I, I, I all these ideas are so awesome, and I wish they were more applicable. Yes. But yes. they're not. We're so structured, and we have this system that. You know, you have to have this many credits of this yeah. and that, and you can't you have to sit here for this long, and you have to be in this class for this many hours, and you have and to you have, have to be in this and this. And yeah, this and so this. like yeah. I just, I wish it wasn't so complex sometimes, and like I wish there were days or maybe shorter periods of time where there was more periods of creativity and not so much constraint on time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like what if there was a time period in the school year for like a month, like. I know the Gustavus is like the J term. Like, what if there was okay. like a high school J term, where you'd I like, like somebody does that. you had a month to do that as mm-hmm. a teacher. You could maybe mm-hmm. team up with some other teacher, or you right. teach what you want, offer these sign up sheets, you know, and you teach the history of cooking, or you teach like, you know, a dance class, or you right. teach, I don't know, some sort of animal horseback riding. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but like you have like this this whatever you want to do, right. like a, an option as a teacher. To create some month-long course that doesn't have, like, that would maybe be the only course that that kid takes. Takes that whole time. So, like, they could mm. they could have this this day-long, exp- like, I don't know if it would be every day, but I don't know how it would, I don't know yeah, the details Yeah, that's of the it. thing. Like, it, it literally comes down to time and logistics. What happens when everyone signs up to take horseback riding? Right. And no one signs up for the other thing. Right. And so, like, that teacher have to do, like, out some and sort of <laughs> right. other work? Like, are they just helping with the horseback riding then? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I hope, I hope we have. No, I don't. Kind of, I do. <laughs> I hope we have, I have a horse. Riding. They're pretty dangerous. I don't, I've never ridden a horse. I have for the first time my birthday. All right. Last it, year. Were you nervous about I that? I was a little anxious, but I'm pretty, like, up to go try. The, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty go with the flow. So, um... I was surprised at how scared horses are, which seems strange considering their size. Right. And, like, they are frightened by things blowing in the wind. And then they will, like, kind of buck around. Right. That doesn't seem right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, like, you are obviously bigger than I guess they must have some sort of, they have a natural predator, right? So their horses are from, what, Saudi Arabia or something? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It must because it's like a. Lions. It, they're they're herbivores. They don't eat. Meat. Yeah. They just eat grass. Yeah. And things like that. So them, lions or something must eat them, which spooks them. Yeah. Like they're just like a gigantic version of like a deer, <laughs> or a moose I or guess something. That's true. So I don't know. Yeah. Actually, I don't. I'm pro- someone listening to this is probably like you are so dumb. You know nothing about horses. Horses. Yeah, like that's one of the areas where. Need a little information. I on. live behind a horse farm. I feel like I should know, but I don't. I don't know. I just see them. So I remember a lot, when you introduced yourself. Like how many? So how many years have you been teaching in St. Peter now? Two. Two. Well, one in. This is this. Uh, this is only your second year. Yes. Wow. I feel like I've. I feel like I've seen you longer than that. But 
Did you say when you first came here, did you live in a tiny house? Yes. Do you still live in a tiny yes. house? So what, I, I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. I, what, so what, tell yeah. me about that experience. Um, well. What's that like? It's cool. Um, so my fiance built it. Okay. And he started building it before I even moved here. So we've only known each other for four and a half years. And so it was already in construction when I moved to this great place. And the first time he brought me out there, like it had walls and a floor and the um, like wood burning fireplace. Okay. And basically that was it. Like not even all the sheetrock was in there. In fact, the first time he brought me out there, I was realizing we'd only been seeing each other for a couple of weeks and I worked with him. But still I was like, I probably should have told someone where I was going. <laughs> and who I was going with and it's nighttime, and I don't know this area and maybe I'm going to get murdered and then <laughs> I was like well murdered. you know whatever I, I guess I've had there. a good run I'm go with the flow <laughs> really so here we go go with the flow so it was fine but um, what's been so amazing is to see while we get frustrated that we're not done yet the amount of progress since then because we did not live there until the fall of 2016. Okay. So we moved in then, and uh, we have an outhouse. We do not have running water. We have Wi-Fi, and that was the condition for us moving in. I was like, well, I'm still in school. Uh, I need Wi-Fi. Everything else I can figure out. So you took so a while. Outhouse. You have yes. to go outside. I have to go outside. To, in the wintertime, too. Yes. Man, mm-hmm. that's dedication. I just put my coat on to go to the bathroom right now. <laughs> but, like, you must have some sort of, like, contraption to do, like, in the middle of the night, you're probably not going out to the outhouse, right? Um, like some sort of compostable In the house, that would be thing. great. I think about it all the time right now. I, I, I walk past those in Fleet Farm all the time. Yes. I'm just like, oh, look, that looks good. I know. Um, some... For a while, we had something like that when we didn't even have an outhouse. So that was neat. Um, it's a good thing we're in the woods. We live on the same property as his family or his parents. So that's where we like get water and bring it to our house. You have like a Um, central like hand pump or like a sink that you have like a, you you don't have running water, but you have have water, water, right? We have like a, like one of those pure filter things. And so I use that mostly for drinking water, but sometimes I use it to rinse. We have like a bar sink set up. With a five-gallon pail upstairs that would just by gravity with yep. a faucet turn on. We just don't have it hooked up right now. So we are using it for storage or I don't know what we're doing. Whatever. Um, so that's there. Yeah, work in progress. What it needs, it we don't have a drain yet. Okay. So when we are using it, it's like a you have to put a bucket under the sink. So is it like is it one of those on wheel tiny houses like a trailer bed it tiny is house not. or is it like? It has a foundation? It is not. It's on pylons. Okay. So it's not in the ground, but it's like hovering above the ground. It is 14 by 16. And then, yeah, so not big. And then we have a loft. So we have our main floor, and then the loft is half. I climb a ladder to get to my bedroom every day, which he made by hand, which is amazing. (laughs) We heat the house primarily with wood that we chop. Yeah. And split, which is really pretty satisfying. Didn't really know. This was not my life plan. Okay. So this, yeah. this wasn't like... No. You just I kind of fell into this? Yeah. It idea. wasn't like 
I've been watching these tiny house shows on the YouTubes, <laughs> and it looks so great. Um, it was more like, well, we need somewhere to live. If we don't live out here, the chances of us doing work on it are much less. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted somewhere private. We've both been living in an apartment in apartments for our whole lives, so it was nice to have somewhere that is mostly our own. I mean, we still we have to shower over at the house and do laundry over at the house, and it's a bit of a walk. I have an adorable little red wagon that, like, I pull around. In. Yep, I roll the laundry over in. Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's weird. So what do you, yeah, I mean, that, I, I had, like, this romantic idea yeah. of a tiny house. Like, I, when the, I don't know, the, it was kind of, it became super popular, like, I don't know. 2011 like, or something no, like that. I don't know. Mid, two, mid like, 2000 teens. And... Yeah, I just, I always thought it would be really cool, but then I, you know, we had a kid and... Oh, yeah. Like, it's just kind of, things happen. I was like, that's not gonna, that's not in the cards anymore, probably. There's definitely a timeline for us on that. So, we're getting married this fall, so we'd really like to have it more complete. Like, it's complete enough to show people, and, but not everybody, like, Just like, close friends. yeah, kind of like, okay, the people that I won't be embarrassed if they see sometimes how I live, right. you know, but like it needs a little more tidying before all of my family comes to town. Um, but it also, we're kind of nerds, um, <laughs> obviously, but it it's definitely has like a Renaissance interior Hobbit house okay. kind of concept. Did you ever think about on? actually making a Hobbit house? Oh, have all the time. Those? They have like... You put yes. these, like, you connect. It's just like a, I don't know, it must be like a fiberglass shell together. And you you put, you just pour dirt pour over dirt it. Pour dirt on it. Yeah. Yeah. Want to all the time. That seemed like a, I, I saw that option too. Like, I <laughs> right? did some basic research on it. And <laughs> there's, like, the trailer option with the wheels. Yeah. There is, like, there's actually, there's foundation tiny houses too. Sure. Like, um, they're just a little bit bigger than, like, the wheeled ones. And then there's the... Hobbit house. I was like, ooh. I know. Like Bilbo Baggins over be great? here. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know if it was like a height thing or what, but. We would like to have something like that as a guest house. We're on a, a ravine. Yeah. yeah. And so we kind of have to build that. But now the current thought, and that most of these don't come from me. I'm not even the backseat driver. I'm just like, the guy washing the windows in this operation. So I ask what my jobs are. I do them to the best of my ability. Some of it I can help with, some of it not so much. Um, but right now the current thinking is of getting like a kind of a covered wagon that people are selling as um, like an RV kind of. Okay. But then it's on wheels, which means like you don't get taxed for it. But it can be a guest room, kind of. So, like, kind of think glamping, but inside of... Glamping? Yeah, have you heard of this? I don't know this? that term. Um, glamorous camping. Okay, that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. it was. Yep. What, what makes it so glamorous? Um, You're not sleeping in a tent on the ground, so you probably have, like, a real bed. Okay. And you have access to probably water in a bathroom, even if it's not quite... In, I think with real glamping, you probably have your own bathroom, like, in a yurt. Glamping. That's funny. <laughs> Um, at some point, once we get a little closer, I would love to bring out all interested parties from the school. Because there's a lot of people, once they find out that that's yeah, how I live, right? want to see it. We have, like, a giant 
life-size board game that we play that is built around the house. Oh, cool. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> so we have trails and stuff. and Sounds like, like, so what do you do when it snows, you know, a million inches? <laughs> like the other day. Um, so we have, we share the driveway with these lovely people that have a tractor because they have horses. And so he is often plow, like has been plowing our driveway when we were getting like the 12 foot drifts. Mm-hmm. We have on our farmstead or whatever, um, like a four wheeler with a little plow that does pretty well, but it has had many issues over this winter season. And then we have like a push snow blower yep. with like power steering or whatever. So it does okay. And then we shovel. And yesterday I just shoveled for like... And you just get some extra insulation? Half an hour in extra insulation. We have chickens, so they're pretty well insulated right now. They're outside. So, and like, okay. Where, what? So they're in, are they, <laughs> are they in chicken cages or are they they're in, like in a, a chicken area? They're in what? a chicken coop. Okay. And then... They have a bit of fencing around them. Okay. But that's all snow, and they don't, so they are pretty fussy. So I shoveled out their coop a bit do yesterday. They, do they lay your eggs then? They do. So um, you collect eggs every morning then? I should. They just kind of <laughs> hang out? A lot of the times they hang out right now, they slow down. Like in the winter, they don't lay as much. It, it must depend on like how much they eat or what? It or... is, I had no idea before we got chickens. It's based on sunlight. Really? Yeah. Really? I don't how, get it. I don't know. Like, how does that translate Egg production over to based like... on sunlight. <laughs> yeah. And so you can get more eggs if you keep your chickens under light. And that's probably why we're still getting eggs is because we have, like, a heat lamp in their coop to keep them warm. But it does double duty. It provides and, light, too. And it's, I mean, I, th- I read it was must be one a day in, like, ideal conditions. It is. Yep. It's one a day. And in the summers, they, they really do do that. And we have three. We used to have four. One got murdered. By like a coyote or something We don't like know. It was whatever it was. It was able to pull the chicken through the fence. I know. Sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the other chickens got beat up, but just its wings. So it's like, I don't know if it was trying to... Help out. Protect it. No. Or something. Don't yeah. Take him. Yeah. Yeah. A werewolf. Something like that. Probably a werewolf. So do you ride, Do you have any run-ins with other creatures out in the woods? Mm-hmm. Hear a lot of coyote calls. So I try to make sure that, like, because we have two cats and we have a dog. And so if I hear them, I try to make sure the animals are inside if I can. Because it turns out coyotes will try to lure animals by, yeah. Like acting injured or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, crying. <laughs> yeah. And it's there's, like, a, so, like, there's probably, there's, like, a pack waiting yeah. in the woods. To feast on animals. Other animals. It's creepy. Wow. So we have that, <laughs> but I've never seen any like close. Um, there were rumors that there was a cougar in the Seven Mile area, which is where we live. Last year, someone saw one. I, you know, oh. I, so I live near there. Yeah. And I could have sworn I did see one recently. I swear I saw one in Mankato when I lived there. And I was just like, that, what? That mm-hmm. did not look like a normal animal. Mm-hmm. That didn't look like a dog. Was that the back of a lion? That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I was you like, that couldn't. Thought. That couldn't have. I was like, maybe I was just. It was just the my, my mind playing tricks on me. But I was like, mm-hmm. it went into a cornfield. Yeah. Probably um, and was. I was just like, what? That looked like a mountain lion. And then I told yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go home now. Didn't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's okay. 
So probably. I'm going to believe myself then. I would, because I'm pretty sure we saw one in Mankato, like <clears throat> kind of by campus when I lived there, and I heard that there were sightings around campus before that. Then I have to be like that guy that choked one out with his foot. That was amazing. So I don't want to have to do that, though. No, I don't think I know how. <laughs> I feel like I want to be that strong, but I'm not. I feel like, do you think... Would you have the wherewithal? Like, yeah, I think he just, like, tripped and, oh, my God, I choked him. <laughs> <it. laughs> like, I'm going to tell everyone. I just totally murdered that thing with my bare hands. Just, Meanwhile, he just, like, just tripped and accidentally fell on it killed this thing. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. No, well, it's not too scary. I don't know. That sounds like an adventure. Like, it is. Do you like adventures like that? <laughs> I really like adventures. Um... This one will probably have to get tightened up because I don't think I should be pregnant there. And at some point in our kind of near future, like, that's probably in the cards. Right. Um, I, so. I have seen people move in to tiny houses with their families. And I yes. didn't, it didn't, that was one of the things where I saw it. I was like, I don't mm. think that's going to work. They sat down with their kids and they, they took out, like, so kids, they... They don't hoard them, but they're just like natural magnets for toys. Yes. Like people just, I mean, birthdays, Christmas. Constant. Like it's almost impossible to stop the flow of it as a parent because <laughs> people, other people will give it to of them. Of course. Like you don't some have guy to buy them bought anything. my son a bouncy ball in the old Navy. Like that's not the place <laughs> where you think you're going to get toys given to you, but now we got a bouncy ball. All right. Yeah. Somebody gave him a hand carved wooden llama. Like a really Perfect. poorly hand-carved wooden llama <laughs> at the stage fair. It's like, okay, great. Another piece of wood for the box. Um, but what was I trying to say? Yeah, this family was trying to, like, dump out all these toys. And they were like, okay. There was, like, a 100 toys. And they were like, pick three. <laughs> I was like, oh, good, good luck, luck with that, buddy. <laughs> like, just because it's three now doesn't mean mm. you're going to have three later. They multiply. Yeah. Right? So, they multiply. That was the moment where I was like, hmm, I don't know if this, like, it's probably the right move for some people, but families, I don't know if it's going to, like, uh, We have apparently, I wasn't around for that part of construction, but apparently there is a space in one of our walls where he left out a stud so that another room could be added on. But what's really helpful for us, I think, is that we have different work schedules. And so you're rarely... So, there at the same time, like yeah, we're often brushing past each other. Not there for more than like two or three hours of awake time most days, and that's probably why it's helpful. In the like right. summer, you could always go, like, outside. go outside. Yeah, we have tons and tons of space, and you can still kind of get away. Like he can play video games downstairs, and I can be on the phone upstairs. It's not soundproof, but like. If it needs to be done. Yeah, no, I it's it was always something I thought would be really cool to do. But now this version of me is like that's just yeah. Yeah, now with a kid. The, that that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, other adventures to be had. You can go into one when you don't have a kid anymore. My next I wanna build like a, a sauna. <gasps> really? I don't like I have no skills to do yeah, so yet. Sure. It'll be fine. <laughs> but I have I've read a lot of research on the benefits of those things. Yeah. Heart disease and heart attack Ooh. risk like, decreases by a large amount if you we use a, like a sauna every day. 
Um, and I love them. I just love sitting. Is it because you're sweating out your toxins or you're just, or is it, it both? It has something to do with just raising your body temperature. Interesting. And then, I mean, I think it helps to plunge into some colder temperature, but yeah, I know that it's got some definitely marked decrease in those heart problems. Wow. So, and I just like them. So I just yeah. think that would be a perfect excuse to build one. Um, but I have, once again, no skills. But that's like the next, that's like the adventure that I'm hanging my hat on. For and the I'm future. sure there's def. I mean, there's everything online. But I know yeah. that I've seen there's kits build your own but things you, and then kits. There's also these things. They're so funny. You should look them up. But like they sell you, they send you, or it's like a it's like a lawn chair, not a like one of those foldable fold up lawn chairs. They're like fabric lawn chairs. I'm saying yes. like stadium chairs. What are they yes. called? Yes. That's not the right term, but it's a chair. And then you zip yourself into like a box. And you, the only thing that's outside of the box is, is your, your head. head? <laughs> it just like pumps hot, hot air? humid air. I think it's, I don't know if it's humid air, but it pumps some sort of, like I looked up portable sauna and that's what came up. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Need it. Like you just imagine, like if you look them up, people look them up because they're hilarious. But like just imagine yourself watching TV in these boxes with your head out. It's it sounds great. It's wild. I don't hate it. We Well, I don't know when we're going to do this, but I bought us, technically it was a birthday present, which also will turn into a present for me. But um, gift certificates to go to the float Oh, my God, place. yeah. That Have would you be, done this? No, but I, li- I listened to a podcast that really, they frequently come up in conversation because they're so beneficial. And there's two places in Mankato there's that There's two do that. now. Yep. I, that was what I asked for, um, a birthday present one year. I didn't get that. Dang it. But like, so <laughs> is this year, year you know, <laughs> and I really, I would like to go and it's just this, you know, do you know what they are? Like, do you know what happens? Sensory deprivation. Yes. It's so the have waters. You, have you done it? No. Then? Okay. You know where I know most of my information about this? Where's that? <laughs> the Simpsons. Oh, really? <laughs> they did the, There's they... in a Simpsons episode okay. and Homer and Lisa both go. And <laughs> did you not know this one? No. Is this oh like a gosh. recent episode? No. I, would, I would imagine. No, this no. would have come from, I don't know. Because they are more, they're recently like I know. caught on. Yeah. So I had never even seen them before. But yeah, that's my first experience. Homer's like, for some reason, it gets loaded into a truck and then it falls out of the truck. So mm. he's like on a water ride half of the time. But <laughs> yeah, I can um, just imagine the jokes. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so what they do is they just pump a bunch of salt water in. So you're buoyant, right? Yeah. You're not like supposed so to be much touching salt. anything. No. No feeling, no hearing, no seeing. And it's supposed to be body temp water, yeah. so you don't even... You don't even, like, you just, you just might, you're supposed to feel like, what, floating consciousness? Yeah. And they say that it's, you know, it's just really, I don't know. Helps you think about, I don't know if it's, if you're supposed to think about stuff or you're supposed to meditate or I don't know what. One guy, one of the major guys that started them, he he used to have a tank next to a dolphin tank and then he would take the psychedelic drug ketamine. Why not? And he would inject it into it, just like, inject it into his arm or whatever. I don't know if he inject it, but he just large amounts and he'd lock himself in this tank, float tank next to a dolphin tank. 
and he would like swear to he would swear that he was communicating with them. But I don't, <laughs> of course, he I don't was. know if he was. Many was. I don't think the walls were that thin. Oh so. my goodness! But that huh. is not something. I probably won't try that version. I'll probably just yeah, try the lay there the version. The normal kind. But I guess it's really good for not just like mental health stuff, but body stuff. Hmm. Like it helps with certain aches and pains. And I don't remember which time amount I got us. I feel like you could get them. In, you could definitely get them in different increments. I think I got a 60 minutes. Yeah, that would probably be a good one. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm really excited. It also makes me kind of nervous and anxious because you just don't know. I'm sure that like the first moments will be like that, but it'll all melt away. Sure. You know? Well, do you think, are you like, so you want to do this. Yes. Yes. Are you going to have a game plan? Like, like, do you yeah. think you should pick a topic? I'll probably have a list of things I'd like to think so, like, through. Right? Mm-hmm. And even when you're in there, that might be... Change. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to make myself laugh. <laughs> Just, you know? I don't know if they're, yeah, I don't know if they're soundproof. But it's something I... When they talk about it on the on the podcast I listen to, like I'm always like, I want to do that. Yes! Because it also... It's like a form of meditation, too, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I I can never bring myself to do that. Yeah. So, like, if you lock me into a capsule of water. <laughs> I have no I other could, options. I could do it there. <laughs> you know? There's literally no distractions. And I feel like that's the excuse for most people with, like, meditation. It's like they just don't have time to sit. And they don't, they can't force themselves to actually sit, sit and think. But the, but the point of meditation is to think about. Like to try and think about nothing. So I don't, yes. I, I don't know if that's different than what the float tank does. Like, are you supposed to think about nothing or are you supposed to think about everything? <sighs> hmm. That almost makes me want to definitely set up another session that I haven't even done the first. So I can do both. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's just like a 60 minute. If you thought about nothing, it'd be six, trying to be 60 minutes of meditation. But Right. That'd be so hard. It's impo- like they say, I mean, the people that do it say that it's very hard because your brain is always just firing right. thoughts off. Do you ever wonder if your brain works more than other people's brains? Um, or thinks more? I mean, maybe I just think that it goes in a different path, mm. like a different line of thinking than other people's brains. Like my brain often, like it just tries to find like absurdity or funny things in most stuff. Uh-huh. So like some like I might think other people's brains might go for like it might go down like a sentimental path mm. or where my brain is like, where's the funny? <laughs> where's the ha ha? What's going on in here that can amuse me? Right? Like I don't think that's happening in most people's brains. Even Perhaps with like ser- like serious topics that definitely Aren't shouldn't be, be laughed about. Yeah. My brain's like, there's got to be a laugh in there somewhere. And I think that's what, I feel like if you talk to like a comedian or a stand-up, yeah. I bet that's what their brain would do. And and when they're around other stand-up comedians, they can share that's where their path goes, goes, you know? That's true. But like as a teacher, I explore those paths in front of the class sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I'm very careful <laughs> not to be like, you know, cross the line. But I'm sure the comedians that do it, when they were hanging out with their friends, other comedians, oh, they just, there it. is no line, you know? Everything is game on for them. One of my best good friends is a stand-up comedian, and she 
has a joke about um, running down the street as fast as you can late at night so that, like, looking like she's being chased by a murderer <laughs> so that other possible murderers will think that she's already been claimed. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, like, yeah. who thinks like, of you're that, not supposed right? to, yeah. Like, that's not a common yeah. thought that I don't think, you know, math teachers are exploring. Or like this. No, I feel like I, I do be a comedian math like, teacher. I just but. watch too much Law and Order SVU. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's like what I do my grading to. Is that wrong? Well, I, I, yeah, I can't have anything on when grading. No, just lyricless music. Oh, not like not like symphonies yeah. or like not like orchestra, but like it's called. It has a name. It's called Chill Hop. Interesting. So, is there a chill hop station? Oh, like a million. I didn't understand. I didn't even know it was a genre until like I found one artist. His name was Flamingosis. <laughs> Good name, was. solid Perfect. name. It's based on a. His name is based on a uh, ultimate frisbee move that the guy's dad created in like the seventies. Weird. It's a <laughs> it's weird amazing. thing. So, it's just like this. Li- it's this lyricless, like funky. Almost like a hip hop beat to it. Interesting. But there's no, no. lyrics. It's almost, it's like a form of jazz kind of because okay. there's just no lyrics. It's just instruments. It's beats. But chill hop. There's I'm lots of it. playlists and mixtapes on Spotify and radio stations and it's like it's just an endless. There's so many people who do it that I never knew about Even or you know. So I'll just sit down sometimes and find, you know, I'll click on related artists yeah. and go down that rabbit hole. But then, I'll, like, yesterday I found one, and it sounded kind of like some sort of smooth jazz <laughs> waiting room stuff. Yes. And I was like, what am I becoming? What, am, <laughs> what did I just do to myself? Like, am I becoming like kind of a an typical old, history like turning, professor? Right? Like, yes. I'm like, whoa, wait, I did not see this turn coming. I just turned into the smooth jazz guy. <laughs> Oh, no. You know, honestly, that's kind of like my life yesterday when I saw myself with, like, basically a ski mask on after coming in from shoveling. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess this is just who I am now. I didn't know that. <laughs> I wear snow pants. I always have to wear <laughs> snow boots to school. When it starts raining, I will always have to wear rain boots to school because it gets muddy. I mean, you just yeah. definitely mm. turn into those. My things. wife is realizing that the whole snow boot thing, like as she like slips, I'm like, snow boots maybe. She's <laughs> like, I think we should just put them in the car from now on. Honestly, she's like, yeah, throw them in there. I don't think she's happy about that transition. No, she probably is It's isn't. happened. I was wondering how this whole climate was treating her. It's not a good... I don't think... I mean, she's bearing it. She's yeah. bared it for... Clearly. You know, five years That's now. That's good. But it wears on you, you know? This Just year. Just like this year. She's experienced, you know, the coldest year, which was what? Was last year the coldest year or two years ago yeah, or something? Yeah, it was something. It was recent. I mean, one of the coldest years like ever. Yeah. And then now it's the snowiest <laughs> year ever. So it's like I can't catch a break. No. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if Minnesota will be the home forever. That's for sure. Yeah. And, I, and I guess I don't, I'm not, a, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because why not? I know. Why do we choose this and I keep, to keep it, why do we stay here? I've been saying that a lot these last two years. Last year the weather got to me by November. 
And I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. Mm. And then I like, you know, because like you just know. Well, Christmas gets you through that part. So much more to deal with. And then I was kind of like grumbly, grumbly, fine with it by February, like fine being angry about it. <laughs> so when we got the snowstorm in April, that was like 20 inches or something ridiculous last year. It didn't bug me that much because it was like, well, this is just the state of affairs. Yeah. But it's, I mean, there's this idea I've talked about on here. I've talked about, sto- you know, about stoicism at all. Mm. It's like a philosophy of some of the Roman teachers and Roman leaders. Like, you remember who Marcus Aurelius yes. is? The dude from Gladiator, yes. like the old guy. So he, he wrote all these meditations, they were called. And it's this philosophy of stoicism, and it's like control only sure. what you try to control what you can control. And I, I have I bought this journal, a stoicism journal, and it mm. gives you like a prompt to think about and write about every day. Interesting. And so I, I dropped the ball on that for the last month or so. And so I picked it back up last night, and it was, it was saying like, what can you put outside of your circle of control? The first thing I wrote was like weather, weather. like why, why you can't you can't let it bother you. If you do, like it's going to destroy destroy you, you literally. Like, same thing with any of those things. Like yes. if you if you put things in that circle that you think you can control that you can't actually can control, like you can't control it, it's going to just eat you, wreck you. Yeah, and you have no like once you've gone down that, it's really hard to come back. One of the best things that my mom ever said and it didn't even have anything to do with me like she was talking to somebody else but it was like you can't control how other people act you can only control how you respond to their actions or words and like that resonated with me so much because no and it's the same thing i can only control my own feelings about how i handle shoveling for an hour right and that's the, that's the same idea. She must have been a stoic. She's, yeah, she's something. <laughs> but it's like, that's seriously one of the timeless pieces of advice, I think, that everybody would benefit from, not just like not just from hearing, but from actually practicing it. Right. You know? Right. Because even though we know that, like, there's times where oh, it will get the best of us <laughs> and, like, you know, I'll curse the weather or I'll be, you know, focusing on something that I can't actually control at all. Yeah. You know? But on the same side, we are adults, and we have the ability to move, right? right? Yeah. And like, and often the desire. And so it's like, well, I'm making. I am also making this choice. I knew what this climate was when right. I moved back here, and in fact, I've never really left a climate like this. I've never lived anywhere that wasn't Midwest weather. Yeah, I, li- I mean, I lived in Mexico for one year, and it was great. Like, it was solid weather all the whole year round, 75 and sunny. And, like, I l- think I like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right? Just, it's just, you just, you don't know what you could have until you experience it. And I, I don't know if it's particular to Minnesota. I'm sure it isn't. I just grew up in a family who's, like, all the family members stayed Yep. And, like, on my dad's side, they all stayed in almost the same town, even, as each other. My mom's side spread out a little bit, but still, most people are condensed to Minnesota. And then also, 
didn't really get the chance to travel. A lot of that, you know, economic reasons, but it's kind of like once I started seeing other places, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I really like mountains. And I really like, like, I like water. So I guess Minnesota is a decent place for that, but I like oceans. Right. And <laughs> I like walking outside. You know? Yes. That's robbed from you. Often. I mean, a, an enjoyable walk outside <laughs> is robbed from you. Like, you could walk outside right now. That's yeah, fine. Sure. But, Great. I mean, I don't, it's not as, it's more just like swearing to yourself inside mm-hmm. your head while you like clench your fists and <laughs> stomp down the street. Seems really great. Even last summer, I was in Florida for a little while right before, or right after school ended, and then came back and was like, yeah, it's summer. I'm going to do all these awesome things because I'm not working, even though I probably should be working, so I feel guilty, but that's fine. And I'm going to run every day. And it rained, like, every single day in June. Like, I got a gym membership, and I live (laughs) where there's trails, miles of trails, and I like to run. But I couldn't even get to them because it was just mud. It was just mud for, like, a month. And it's, it's, I mean, it's hard. It's easy to say, like, I'm going to move. It's, I mean, it's super hard to actually break the familial chain and, like, you know. Take their grandson. I mean, like, I took my wife, plucked her away from her, from her family. family. <laughs> upon reflection, that is, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid or <laughs> duct tape or right? just like a large limb. I know. I so know. I feel bad about that. Honestly, do. But I, don't, I, I just, yeah. I don't want to have to do that again. By But I do want to do that again to go to a... Warmer, warmer climate, place. You know? Would you be happier overall over the course of the year? I think so. I know. I think that's a definite right? yes. Like, like, not even a question. <laughs> so being a happier person makes a good impact on all the people in your life and even the people not really in your life. Right. That's true. I mean, I, I'm generally pretty happy. Yeah. Like when I'm, especially when I'm with kids or, you know, with my friends or my family. It's just, you know, there's some times where you're just like, oh, <sighs> no. this again, all this again. I think. And it's just that kind of, it just, it just <laughs> brings the level, it just nature. brings the happiness down a level. A little much. Like a, sta- like a deviation, a <laughs> standard deviation, where it could be always at the top, maybe, or more frequently at the top. I think, though, one of the things is that we just have some of the best kids to work with. I don't know. I don't know a lot of kids. But even on the bad days, coming in here and hanging out with them, I can kind of turn that frown upside down. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think our job, like being a teacher, it's just being around kids is so revitalizing. I guess even though yeah. even though you're draining, around them, but also right. it's yeah, like at this yes, very draining. <laughs> like because you're around their problems as well, yeah. but. Like, once you are able to navigate that and, you know, help them get through difficult times by just, like, kind of laughing and saying, like, it's cool. you're going to be fine. Like, Everything will be great. It's not, it could be worse, you know. Just they have, but, like, that stuff, I don't know. It's not, I don't, it's not what most of the adult population gets to experience on a daily basis. True. And I would say, too, like, usually when people find out I'm a teacher, 
Maybe because of my animated nature, they often assume, and voice pitch, they often assume that I'm like a kindergarten teacher. Oh, <laughs> well, finger paintings. Yeah. So like that. And that's great. Um, but that was never really on my radar. Before I taught, I worked at an art camp, and so I, like, officially taught. And so I worked with kids ages 3 until 15, just depending upon the week. And I came up with the theory that the younger they are, the more draining they are. And I don't think it's a theory. I'm sure many people realize this. But, like, they just need so much more. They need physical help that you don't have to give, you know, a 12-year-old most of the time. And they need constant attention. And when someone needs that from you, it's zapping. Yeah. It's super zapping. And... Like, they just need coaching on how to get through mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that takes effort. <laughs> like, brain power. Weird. To do that. And, like, we've had, five, I think, five days away from school due to weather now. And I've seen people's messages, like, people's posts on social media. Or, like, response to school mm-hmm. postings. Mm-hmm. And, like, they just... I feel like they're realizing what it's like to actually be around their kid <laughs> be with for their own kids. a daily on a daily basis, and <laughs> they don't like it. And it's kind of it's kind of sad. It's really sad. Like shush, like I, it is the best. Like I have the best time in the world. Yeah. Hanging out with Mateo and playing and teaching him how to do things right? and you know goofing around and wrestling and all that fun stuff, but. I don't know if that's the case for a lot of people, especially if there's multiple children. Yeah. It's just, it's too much for them, and they're not used to it because we live in a society where it's, you know, both parents work Work. now. Yeah. And um, they don't like their children, I feel like. And I wonder, well, I don't know. And that's totally maybe wrong, but... I'm sure there's people out there right now. They're onto something though. With like, I don't think they're used to it. They're used, and they're also we are all creatures of habit, right? So if all of a sudden, tomorrow out of nowhere there decides to be another snowstorm, um, I would be a little bit upset about my schedule having to shift yet again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who moved my cheese? Like the parents. All of a sudden, their normal day is shot. Right. Whereas they like their kids when they're planning their time with their kids. So, like, I can plan what my weekend's going to be like with my teenagers and my, you know, seven-year-old, and that's scheduled time. Right. But now, it's not scheduled time. Yeah. You know? No, I get that point, too. Because, like, what what do parents, like, I don't know how they deal with these sometimes. Like, what do you, because businesses don't shut down on on snow days. I know. So, like, you just take the day off and take the economic hit. Like, you mm-hmm. can't work that day. Like, that's not cool. Um, and so, like, I understand both sides. Like, both sides are very interesting. Like, we've, we've created a society that values, you know, economic productivity over, you know, genuine family time and raising mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's strange. I wish that it's was really not strange. the case. But and just, we also value overwork. We reward exhaustion and overworking. And I, I don't know when to shut the computer off. Like, I do, but I don't. Um, 
I think other cultures have it a little bit more figured out than us, um, which can be confusing when cultures clash here because what do you mean you don't, you know, you always take a break at that time of day and it's two hours long before you work again, right. <laughs> you know, because for us, that's just not how we're set up. That's not our plan or our goal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just think about how many, I mean, seriously, you could go home every night and if you fo- you could focus on teacher stuff yep. and you would have plenty to do. Like, Oh my gosh. Every night you could try to be like, if you wanted to be the best possible teacher ever, it's endless. You know, you it's could keep doing that. endless. I think what's so interesting about this job and how I've tried to explain it to people is that I spend all of my time outside of work figuring out what I'm going to do at work. So when I'm at work, it's almost not like I'm working, right? Yeah. I'm performing all the stuff that I had to plan and prepare then often night before because there's just not any time. I'm better at it now. I think I'm significantly better. But like last year, everything was totally brand new to me. I had a bunch of curriculum stuff from some, the previous teacher, but I didn't really know how to use it and also realized like, well, it needed to be updated anyway. It needed to fit my style. So I was always writing curriculum. And now at least I can reuse some of what I did last year. But you're still like tossing stuff. But it's still like that was garbage because I didn't know what I was doing or I clearly tried to throw that together in a couple hours or whatever. So even now, kind of my schedule would be like, I always get here, I try to get here at 7 because I just like to start that way. Mm -hmm. And then... On Mondays, a lot of the times, I would stay until 7.30. And then on Tuesday, I would get here at 7, and I'd stay till 6.30. Wednesday, hopefully, 5.30. Thursday, 4.30. Friday, I would leave on time. And, like, that was my week for the most of last semester, every single day. And then on Sundays or Saturdays, I would still do stuff. And people just, they don't... Yeah, I don't think they understand that. They don't that. know that. I think because we start at, you know, school starts at 8 and it's done at 3. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a little more to that. But none yeah. of, like, the work that I actually have to do, there's no time to do that during In my work the eight day. To 3 time, yeah. I mean, there's no time because no. We're, we're not babysitting, but we're, you know, I can't grade papers while my students well, are doing Yeah, no, you're talking to kids. You're, <laughs> you're teaching, teaching lessons. You're teaching or something. You're, you know, you're hopefully you're ke- you're running a kitchen basically. Yeah, like yeah. you're keeping making sure that stuff doesn't like go up in flames. <laughs> no, literally, not. yeah. I mean, it's really evident that they, people in the I don't know what do you call it. People in the you don't say <laughs> lay people. Like, like <laughs> it's not <laughs> people out there in the what the ec- private well, sector. Pri- is that yeah, what I guess. Call it? I don't want to say real world because this is I just know. as real. You know. Um, like you look at a, an article about teachers or like a post about teachers striking mm-hmm. and you look at the comments on those things yeah. and people are vicious. They don't, teachers just, you know, get stomped on in those comment sections. And there's a few people that are like, well, you don't really get it. Like they work this long and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But they just, that doesn't click with them. And <laughs> I don't know how you make people see that, but I don't know if you want any kind of, you know, decent society, I would say you should probably focus on 
that or like at least yeah. give people an idea of what goes on or have some like have some sort of situation where <laughs> instead of how about this instead of jury duty <laughs> you have substitute teacher duty wouldn't mm. that be great that would be amazing you know like you'll give you a hundred bucks uh, you know come to because that's what a sub gets paid right hundred bucks a yeah. day we'll give you a hundred bucks come uh, be you have to hit your requirement you got picked for sub duty this year and then you might see, you might see. a shift in perspective on you know how we treat teachers it is such a strange thing I don't know any of the numbers about um, like percentage of of growth and wages for us I feel like that's something I should know but I I can't imagine that it's gone very high or really had much traction at all for like a first-year teacher no has that pay really hasn't shifted I mean I'll bet it's pretty if you're if you're tracking it like based on like inflation or something yeah. I bet it's a pretty similar ratio or it's probably even less than what it maybe was because mm, based, based on, on wages raising yeah. rising um yeah but there's never been like a a time period where all of a sudden boom like there's a large increase nationwide in like teacher income it's super i never i don't want to like complain about right. my pay i but i did definitely choose to get a master's degree so that i would start higher um, but I already had a bachelor's before I decided to do this job. But, um, and as like a single person who lives in a tiny home who doesn't have to pay for a lot of those, like, I don't have a mortgage right now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay rent right now. That's great. Um, but that being said, I feel like I should have so much more money than I do. And where's all that going? And it's going to like loans. Yeah. You know, um, and, and so for, for someone in my position, like, it's a great wage, what I make. But we don't have any kids. Um, my car is old and paid off. We don't, I mean, we probably travel more than I'm used to. But my fiance's family, is that's a big value of theirs. And so, like, we do that. Um, but we spend most of our money on consumables. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. Government loans. Like I like I feel like right now I should have so much more money and I don't and it's just strange. Well, I think at that one point in history or in time, teachers did like they were able to store it away, yeah, or you know invest it. But this new like this this last wave or I don't know how many years back like maybe starting from like the two thousands and beyond like mm-hmm. those teachers are saddled with debt, debt. still, yeah, and they. Like president, like even, so like President Obama, paid off his student loans maybe when he was forty-five or something like that. Like only shortly before he actually Became, ran for president, geez. did he pay them off. Like that's crazy. But he had like and he had lost sure, yeah, law, law school loans, but um, but still, that's crazy. Like that should not be the system that we live in. But I don't know how that changes. Any thoughts on that? I don't know. Um, one thing, like last year was hard and as a first year teacher and I of course thought all that summer before coming back, like, is this what I want to do? Because it's hard and it's draining. It's awesome, but it's hard and it's draining. And of course I came back and this year has been infinitely better already. So I know it can only get better, but there's definitely a time there where a part of what was 
keeping me planning on coming back was the fact that, at least right now, in 10 years, as a public worker, my loans are supposed to be forgiven. And right now, like I'm on income-based repayment, and that's hard for me to handle because I'm one of those people who's an overpayer on loans, but was told, no, not right now, pay the minimum because in 10 years they're going to be washed away. I'm scared that that program is going to disappear. And I have chosen this path to really pay the bare minimum with the thought that, well, I'll finish out at least these 10 years, right? <laughs> and then, I'll, then I'll be debt-free. Um, right. I, and I think they had, like they did float out um, like eliminating that program. Oh, I'm sure they did. And so it's like I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it would not surprise me if they did. Yeah. But it also wouldn't surprise me if maybe this became an, a, a political issue at some point and they tried to change a few things, make a few tweaks. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I really hope they would. Right. Because it's super. Uh, it's a super large amount of debt, like trillions of dollars that people have with that. <laughs> so you think you'd want to, like, you know, mess with that a little bit and try and get that fixed. Help and, people out. You know, you know, if you're worried about the economy, you'd think you'd want that money to go into the economy. Into the economy. So it's like, it's like, it's a two-party, you'd think it would be like a bipartisan issue because mm. one party would want... You know, the the, the right. economy to flourish. Well, how would you do that? Well, release these people from their chains. <laughs> and they'll buy stuff. Like They will. They'll and buy they will stuff buy like homes. there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And they will buy cars. And they will buy big ticket items that they are not buying. And the other side, like yeah. if you want to, you know, what what would be the other argument? Provide education or at an affordable rate? Like you, the... the the Democratic side would should want to deal with it, you know. Like right. both sides should really want this issue to be fixed. Sort of. It's not something that ever gets brought up. I feel like it gets brought up, but it doesn't get enough. I feel like it should be. Maybe it's just because it's my issue. Maybe but it's, <laughs> directly affects yeah. us. Yeah, um, it's something that should be talked about probably more often. I think it's strange to me, and I know that my loan debt isn't super high. Like it could be so much worse because I. My undergrad one, I had a really nice scholarship from that school. So like a third of my liberal arts college was paid for every single year by the school. So I was so fortunate to have that. Um, And I had parents that were able to help. And so I left there with less than $20,000 in debt at a school that comprehensive cost was $32,000 a year. You know, so I left with like nothing to really complain about. And I was able to whittle that down and whittle that down. So that when I went to grad school, I only had like $6,000 left. So I roll that into my grad school loans. But now I look at those and I'm like, that's the amount that I owe is what I make in a year. Yeah. It's, and I can't. It's crushing. It, it, like, just, like <laughs> what? Yeah, all you can do is laugh almost, right? It's true. And then I also have like a, a private loan because... My first year of grad school wasn't covered by the feds because I already had a bachelor's and all this craziness. But there's things about it that, like, yes, everyone goes through loan counseling. But you don't understand it. No. Especially, like, imagine... When you're 18? Yeah. Are you kidding? I remember just clicking through those things. Of course you did. Woo, college, here we come. (laughs) You're going to give me this free money? All right. All right, sounds good. Wait, not free. But, like, 
even though they told me like you know you're gonna have to pay this back it's like whatever can i just go and leave you now i know from, i don't want to i want to go to college yes and it's it's frustrating too to see students who would maybe thrive better in a different kind of school setting but they don't get to do that because of that concept of the money part right like yeah, I would encourage most kids to get their generals at a local school because they yeah. can do that so much cheaper and then transfer. But there's also social aspects of that kind of behavior that affects their college experience too. Right, it's not it's not that's not part of the package. That's no, sold, you know? it's not. And it's hard to be a commuter student and it's hard to be a new student and it's it's just hard. Yeah, and I, whenever I get the chance to talk about these things to students, I really try to float out the, you know, there's the, you could take a gap year. You could, you know, do that local option. There's better, or like, have the, you know, take a loan from your parents. Don't necessarily go straight to the government. Maybe, you know, because your parents are probably going to offer you, you know, maybe no interest rate. (laughs) Right. Or a really low one. (laughs) Versus. um, It's, yeah. I hope it's connecting at some with some people um, because I don't think it's, you know, the path that they've carved out is, you know, you have to go to college and you got to do it right away. And, like, I don't think that's the only path. Like, it definitely there's, isn't. There's other, there's, others, <laughs> there's other just as, you know, scenic routes. I think that's... Important ways to go. One of the things I always try to do at the beginning of a semester is tell kids my story like yeah um when i was in high school i did not think i was going to be a facts high school facts teacher that had never crossed my mind i thought maybe i'd be an art teacher that was what my focus was but i went to a college that i thought i would start some ed programs but i got there on like the first two orientation days and went to a meeting and realized i was supposed to be already signed up for all these classes and my advisor had not helped me with that and so I left that meeting being like well I guess I will not be a teacher the door has closed because at that time I was 18 and I had no confidence to try to make something different it seemed that that door had closed right you know but I just think it's so important to tell them that right now this might be something that you're super interested in and that's awesome and you should go for it but you should also make sure that you're willing for when those other doors open that you don't say no to them and you, you try them. I mean, I left college not really knowing what I was going to do because I had an art degree. And I was too afraid to think about even trying to sell artwork. That whole concept made like brought me to tears because I did not think that was something I could do. And so I fell back on like serving at a restaurant again. And it just so happened that they, right place, right time. And at Within a year, I had keys to that place. And then a year later, I was one of the owners of that place. And that was also never would have crossed my mind that I would own and run a bar and restaurant in Chicago from, like, a girl from a small town in Minnesota. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like, it makes no sense. Turn that into being a high school facts teacher. And then turn that around and become a high school facts teacher. So just... Just, I think just telling, especially high school kids, like, yeah, you need goals. Yeah, you should probably have some career training. But don't zoom in on something and then be utterly crushed when that doesn't quite come your way. Be ready to 
to work at things. I think that's something that's hard with the people I've worked with who are younger. I heard a girl once uh, when I was waiting tables here during my master's program, and she was like, well, if I get fired from this job, I'll just get another one. And that just baffled me. At some point, the jobs will dry up. (laughs) Yeah, you could go to another place, but then what happens when they fire you? Because you never learn to be a good employee. You never learn to, like, work hard and stick it out at something that maybe you're not in love with doing. Right. But I don't know. I get right? that. That makes like, yeah, complete sense. Um, so we've been talking for quite a while. That's good. <laughs> Probably. Um, so let's let's just kind of leave it. I, I mean, you kind of hit it right there with like a piece of advice. But what like in general would be something? I know there's like that. That's a solid piece of advice. You know, sure. like put your head down, <laughs> get to work. Like let let opportunities happen and then take the you know follow them where they go. But yeah. is it so? Is that the most important piece of advice you wish? people would take with them or is there is there something else that you think overpowers that as like something that they should you know keep in mind going mm. forward and feel like feel free to take a take a pause or a time to think yes yes there's so many important things i think it's just always extremely important to look for the reasons behind something or the reasons behind a behavior And that can come from um, reasons behind your teacher's behavior, reasons behind your best friend's behavior, but maybe almost more importantly, like reasons behind your own. And so one thing I like to tell kids also is to think about, well, why, why am I responding to this this way? Because coming back to that thought about knowing what my development is, and what I'm supposed to be going through and how I'm supposed to be behaving can make this particular time in a person's life a lot easier. I really wish that someone, and maybe they did, you know, and maybe it went in one ear and went out the other. <laughs> but I like wish someone would have pulled me aside and said, hey, for one, literally everyone around you is going through the exact same experience as you. You're all kind of dealing with the same thing thing and it's going to it's going to work out and it's going to change um but being a teenager is really really hard and I don't think we're doing that much to make it any easier for anyone (laughs) no and I mean as teachers I guess we have the opportunity to say that to those kids but like nobody lucky I don't think like I do try to take those moments and you know calm people down or make them kind of get some perspective or, I mean, that's a good one to think about. Like, think about why, why are you reacting like this? Like, did I do something to you? No. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Yeah. Why are you being this way? I, I don't know if this is something that is more prevalent in teach like in those, that newer group of teachers that maybe, maybe it's like the, because they're saddled with loan debt, they're, think, <laughs> they're thinking about these things more. Maybe. But I never had a, a teacher that did you know, bring those things forward or, you know, force me to think about why I was reacting a certain way or think about my yeah. development or bring up those important things like, you know, there's a, you know, like everyone is going through the same thing. Um, and I think it's great that we have the opportunity to do that. I feel so lucky. And it's funny because I, I always say, I, you could not pay me enough to go back to that time in my life. I wouldn't do it. 
Like, I don't think I would do it for any sum of money. If I had to be transported back and be the person that I was in high school, I don't think I could. See? Yeah. I don't think I would be willing. No. I mean, just think about how different that person is from who you are now. It's weird. Right? It's It's so weird. And you just, yeah. I mean, you probably wish you could go back and tell Oh, yeah. Or smack myself in the face. Something, you know, about... (laughs) Yeah, you know, dropping certain friends, or you know, you know, pursuing certain interests, or yeah. not being apologetic about what you're into, things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it is a hard time, and it's not until you get some perspective on that time that it's such a crazy time for them. Are they able to, in that time period, to listen to this piece of advice and like <laughs> apply it? Like, or is it just going to, is it going to, is there so much going on that it's just going to get lost in the noise or is it going to go out or is it going to connect? Because this is a different age we live in and there's podcasts out there for kids to listen to. Like there wasn't podcasts. No, there was nothing. I mean, there was stuff, but nothing really. It's like they have, I think now maybe, so maybe I'm answering my own question, but maybe it is more likely that they will do these things because there are voices out there and it's so accessible to hear them mm-hmm. that like they can find their group of friends without like actually having a group of friends. Like, you know True. what I'm saying? Like they can listen to opinions that resonate with them or listen to not opinions, but listen to like experiences exp- or... yeah, that resonate with them or they can relate to. Yeah. Like maybe they don't have that in their school, but the internet allows them to hear that. Right. And there's probably destructive ways to do that. Yes. Like, the internet probably allows for that to go the wrong, the wrong direction, direction as well, yeah. but it also allows probably mm-hmm. some healing positive. or some positive change or, you know, just development as yeah. a high schooler. Maybe the one time I say it to a kid, it's not going to do much, right? But the more people who will make a direct comment to a student about something, anything, to either help them, compliment them or whatever... Because if you think about all the times you've had an interaction with somebody in your life, like there are phrases that play on repeat in my head that people have told me years ago. And it's like, well, what was it about that that I still think about it now? Um, And sometimes those are good statements and sometimes they aren't, right? But if we can fill their heads with good statements about who they are and what they've done and what they've accomplished and if enough of those get in there and that can play on repeat in their heads 20 years from now. I mean, think about the amazing things they can do. Yeah. <laughs> Teaching is awesome. <laughs> Teaching is awesome. Well. It's so lucky. Yeah, no, I'm lucky to have this conversation with you. This Thanks. has been great. Thanks for uh, sitting down in a room with me for an hour and a half or something like that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That was it. Cool. Thanks. All right, all right, all right. That's episode 10, people. Amanda Pogachnik. A lot of great pieces of advice in there. She's got a great story. She's a good conversationalist. I think we could have talked for a little bit longer. We probably could have had some sort of Joe Rogan like three hour podcast but I had to use the bathroom and uh, a teacher can only hold it so long so yeah I'd like to have her in again we could talk about the importance of cooking 
um, some of her favorite recipes. I don't know. But she'll probably be back in here at some point. And there was an episode that I just saw of a show on Netflix that really connects with some of the stuff we talked about. If you have Netflix, I really encourage you to look up the series Cooked. It covers some really interesting topics about how we have evolved as a species and when it comes to cooking foods. Uh, I want to point you to episode two, which is based on water. Um, And they talk a lot about how the American kitchen and cooking in America has changed um, drastically throughout time and even since the 1960s. Miss um, Pogachnik kind of touched on it with her talk about the high sodium Campbell's soup canned good slow cooker recipe she had because that's exactly what happened during that time period is we got to uh, a craze in canned food mostly because of World War II and then it kind of morphs into fast food and going out and letting somebody else do that cooking for us. And one statistic I got from that episode was that in today's world, the average time spent on preparing a meal is 25 minutes. In 1960, the average was one hour. So just think about that, maybe reflect on how much you are doing in your own life to cook as much as you possibly can. I really enjoy cooking. It's relaxing. It's a fun thing to do. Um, It allows you to be creative too. I think we should probably get back to spending an hour cooking versus 25 minutes. Um, Other cooking shows that I've been watching recently maybe i don't think it's because of this episode but just because i like food are things like chef's table that's a good one on netflix as well uh the first episode's awesome it talks about cooking barbacoa and there's a mexican immigrant who does this traditionally and sells it in philadelphia and it looks amazing um other things i'm looking forward to recommending to you Uh, Right now, I'm just kind of on some documentaries. One that's sticking out, besides those chef-related ones, uh, is a show called This Strange Rock. Must have aired on, like, National Geographic. Um, And it's hosted by Will Smith, and it covers some really major events on Earth. Basically, some of the most important events in the history of the planet And also some of the major processes of it that I think if everybody knew about, we would probably do things a little differently in the world. It's it's along the same lines as like a Cosmos show. Well done. It focuses on the perspectives of astronauts who have seen some of the major events of our planet from space. And the kind of shift in perspective that that brings to someone's thought process. Um, the first episode's great. It focuses on astronaut Chris Hatfield. I think he's Canadian. And he focuses on the process of oxygen being created in or on Earth. 
And it's I maybe was taught this at some point, but I had no idea of just how important some things that might seem unrelated are and how connected they are to one another. Check it out. It's good. I also just finished the first season of Narcos Mexico. That was a show me and my wife were kind of watching together. And boy, that one's a little different than this strange rock and chef's table, a little more violent. But it captures the level of corruption that existed and who knows, might still exist today. Um, Not just in the Mexican government, but also in the American government and how those things bleed over into one another. So if you're into that whole corruption, drug trade topic, I think Narcos Mexico is for you. Um, But be advised, it's pretty violent. Those are my recommendations for you. I'll have more to come as soon as I get somebody else in here chatting with me. I encourage you to ask questions. What do you want to know from me or from other teachers? What are topics you'd like to hear discussed? If you have some sort of logo you want to send my way because I'm not sure my logo makes much sense. I like it, but it doesn't have anything to do with teaching. So I don't know how to change that. So if you have any ideas, send me your sketches or your ideas um, and send those things to DanielEvanClark at gmail.com. Thanks for coming on the ride with me today. Hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. And we'll see you next time here on I Am Teacher. I'm a simple Don't want to complicate you. Complicate you.